Some, when they see the title of this book, may imagine it is anti-Indian. Nothing could be more wrong. Our traditional policy is anti-Indian, and we are continually doubling down. The underlying fact that it is anti-Indian must not be obscured by the fact that it is also anti-Canadian and anti-everyone else. Status Indians on reserves are obviously not doing well. Most disturbingly, Indian youth are despairing and suicidal. I write this book with Indians in mind. Of course, it is also written for the wider audience. We are all brothers and sisters, and there is no reason to divide and separate. Some Indians may dislike what I write, but I suspect non-Indians are more likely to be upset. Surveys suggested Native Americans are the one identifiable demographic least in sympathy with political correctness. Others are always speaking for them, and that pretty much summarizes the problem. Everybody, to their credit, wants to protect their poor, helpless Indians, and suspects that even any serious consideration of them, or of their history, risks endangering them in some way. Here we see the noble savage myth at work. But to think of Indians as savages, noble or ignoble, is ultimately to think of them as children or forest animals. It makes them subhuman, and it traps many Indians in a vicious cycle of dependency. Everything bad is the fault of the white man. And the Indian must do nothing for himself. It is always up to the white man to do it. But he will always do something wrong. By this colonial logic, there can be no hope that anything will ever get better. Real Indians are not savages. Their ancestors were. They are Canadians with overwhelmingly the same cultural influences and concerns as any other Canadian. They may be your neighbor. They may be you. There is no advantage to inventing some separate culture for them. If it were somehow better than our shared culture, we would all already be embracing it. Much of North American culture as it stands is a continuation and development of Indian culture. What we now call Indian culture and see as something distinct is for the most part a modern invention, a romantic myth imposed on Indianness by the wider society, especially since the 1960s. And what is not is not desirable. It is simply a regression to a genuinely more primitive, less spiritually and materially advanced time. And celebrating that imaginary Indian culture is also profoundly divisive to those on either side of the divide. It is an apartheid of the heart. Segregation almost always violates human equality. Think of the average Indian reserve as a wildlife preserve in which are kept cute and cuddly forest creatures. Or think of it as the equivalent of a Bantustan in South Africa denying full access to the larger society. Think of it as a tiny, underdeveloped nation in the midst of general freedom and prosperity. Then perhaps we can begin to make sense of things and make things better. 
I dedicate this book to St. Catherine Kateri Tekakwitha, a light of my childhood, to all Canadians of whatever origin who are her spiritual heirs, and in particular to any Indian, oh, and in particular to my Indian and Métis cousins, both literal and spiritual. I grew up with them. Nothing Indian is alien to me. This is a book about reconciliation. <laughs>